Tyler. Hello. Should we uh, shit on Netflix for a little bit? I would love nothing more than to shit all over Netflix. So they're starting to roll out this, like, like the additional home fees for, like, password sharing or whatnot. And it seems like it's the most convoluted fucking thing ever. I can't say that really surprises me. That sounds like Netflix. <laughs> no, but, like, here is the rules for what they're calling Netflix homes. So traveling with Netflix, you can watch your Netflix on a laptop or mobile device while traveling. You can watch Netflix on a TV outside of your home for up to two weeks as long as your account has not previously been at that location. And this is allowed once per year, like per location. What? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, why didn't they just do this by like how they do it with the subscription they already have, which is basically like if you pay for five devices just why didn't they just do that and then if you want to use an extra device you've got to log out of another device like, like why didn't they just do that i would the, i don't know like would that not accomplish the same thing if they just limited the like what they already do which is like if you try to log in yeah but it, like I, a, I, I don't think that'll necessarily solve what they're going for here like i'm like i'm getting the vibe here that you can have so many devices, but like if your parents have Netflix and they're letting you use it and they only use Netflix on one TV in the house, then they can let you use Netflix on another device that's not outside the house. That's what they're trying to crack down on. Like it definitely appears oh. that they want like, okay, Netflix is now a home based thing. So like we're going to grab your IP so we know your location. And if you're outside this location, then you're obviously not at home and therefore you got to pay extra. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a big flop and a lot of people get pissed off. So they're going to reword it and change it and add a new tier of plan. And the new tier plan will be something to the fucking effect of, uh, pay this much a month for Netflix, but pay this month, much, much a month. And you can have mobile Netflix, like take it with you on the go. Like I bet they re they rephrase it. But either way, this is kind of like a crock of shit. Cause I mean, like for someone like me, as we were discussing prior to the show here, like if I go away to fucking work and I start streaming Netflix, they might flag it, peg it, and then want me to pay more or fucking block me from using Netflix when I'm working in another fucking town temporarily. Yeah. But that was what I immediately thought about when it was like, you can do it on the TV for like up to two weeks. And I immediately thought like, oh, people like you that are like out of camp for like, Sometimes more than that. I was like, on like day 15, do they just like shut it off? <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I'll be curious how, A, how many people this affects, like in practicality, and B, like if they tweak it, like you said, because I'd be curious if they do, or well, if yeah. they just straight up just say, fuck you, this is. And how it is, but... Yeah, because according to their rules, like, because I spend a lot of time working in GP, and I spend two weeks at a time there, and I come home, and then I go back. So, mm -hmm. stream it, which I do stream Netflix at the hotel. So, after two weeks there, it's like, hey, you have to make this a home now, so I'm going to have to add it as an extra home to my Netflix account so I can stream it at the hotel that I 
regularly visit. Yep. And like, uh, here's the other thing I thought about is like, can you, so like, okay, we each have our servers and we wire guard into them. So technically if you're away, you could wire guard into your home. Could you bypass all of this by doing that? I would assume so, right? I mean, right. if you if you set up a VPN tunnel directly into your yeah. home network, and then from there launch a web browser, then Netflix is going to think you're at home. So, I mean, right. that is a way around it. But the problem is, is not everyone is tech capable of that. Yeah, and like not yeah. everyone's as tech savvy to do something like that. So, like, yeah. there will be people like us who will be able to fucking bypass it. But there's going to be yep. a large amount of people out there who have no idea how to do that, or they don't just have computers or servers laying around in their home that are going to be like pretty shit out of luck. And then, especially like, I think about like when I was on my parents' Netflix, when my brother was on my parents' Netflix, it's like when you're going to school. So it's like a favor the parents do for the kids. Like, hey, like you have all this other stuff to do and worry about. Like, we'll just one Netflix and share it. Like, even that's going to go away unless. Mm -hmm. The parents go, okay, I have to add my kid's college fucking dorm room as an additional home and pay the extra two ninety nine for that home. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious how they're going to, because it's like, because they differentiate it and they say like on like your laptop or a mobile device, it's like you can have as many of those as you want, basically. So like if you Chromecasted to a TV, would they count that as a TV or a mobile device? Yeah, no, it's doesn't really explicitly like, state one way or the other. Like, I'm curious how they're going to differentiate that stuff. Because technically, like, if you went to a hotel and plugged in a Chromecast and casted your phone, like, technically, it's playing off your phone. Yeah. So, like, I'd be curious about, like, stuff like that. Like, how do they differentiate between TV? Like, is it, if you have a shield hooked up to your TV, is that a TV? Or are they talking about, like, the TV app that's on, like, every TV? Like, I'm curious. I'm guessing they're going to go to by device ID. Yeah. Like, I, I'm sense. sure you've seen like with your own Plex, if you've seen people stream off, like it tells you this is an NVIDIA shield. This is a fire TV stick. This is a fire TV stick 4k. This is a LG web OS or a Samsung Tizen OS. So I'm guessing. Yeah. That's the route that, that they're going to take is they're going to go off an identifier. Yeah. That would make the most sense. Nonetheless, it's ridiculous. Like, and all this is all because Netflix has lost subscribers and their fucking earnings are down. Like now yeah. they're even talking about adding a a uh, commercial tier, like a cheaper tier that has commercials in it. Oh yeah. Like I think, I think pretty much every streaming service is going to end up having that. Like here's your ad version for two dollars a month or whatever, right? No, but here's the thing though. Like I'm okay with that. Like like Hulu for example, you can get the ad or the ad supported version for next to nothing or you can go ad free and pay 10 bucks a month. Okay, fair. Yeah. I'm willing to bet any amount of money that the ad supported version of Netflix isn't some like bottom fucking tier low dollar value one that it'll be close to like in the future, maybe not right off the hop, but eventually what's going to happen is what you're paying for Netflix right now, that's going to become the ad supported tier and they're going to increase the price of the premium ad free experience. Yeah. That's, that's probably what it'll be. Yeah. 
<laughs> which, which fucking is, which yeah, is fuck that. Yeah, which is stupid because like I remember getting Netflix back in the day when it was like six dollars a month. And right now, if you want access to everything and you want the 4K available on multiple televisions, because they already have, like, it's already, if you go with their base plan, you can only have it on, like, two devices or something like that. You have to go with their, like, top-tier plan in order to have Netflix on multiple devices. And if you want any of the 4K stuff they have, you have to go to the top-tier plan. And, like, yeah. I think last time I checked, it's, like, 24 fucking dollars. I can check right now because I have it. I want to say it's, like, 26 or 27 right now. See, does it show me in the settings? Change plan. Oh, no, it's 21, 21 a month. Okay. For now. Yeah, for now. Yeah. But seven, six, seven dollars to $21 over like five, six, seven years. They've been yeah. climbing. And then, of course, it just, like, everyone keeps wondering, like, oh, my God, like, it seems like people are pirating more often, and they're trying to figure out why. And it's like, well, maybe because Netflix keeps upping the price of their shit, but not offering high-quality stuff on their platform. Yeah. Like, 90% of the fucking catalog that Netflix has is just, like, old garbage fucking shows. Yep. Just old trashy stuff that no one would ever want to watch. Yep. And then occasionally they do some real bangers. Yeah. Most of the time, they get canceled after three seasons. Exactly. Like it's it'd be one thing like if they had quality shit like every month. Like here's a new show, you know, and it's like if they kept up with it like they used to, then like sure. But like it's it's like they have nothing now, and when they do have something, it ends up getting canceled for some arbitrary reason. And then people go like, well, why are people canceling? And it's like, well, you got nothing I want to watch. Yeah, I think <laughs> at this point, the only thing that Netflix has that has me even remotely interested still is uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. And, and uh, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, which, I mean, that just had its third season, so... <laughs> How much longer is that going to be in play? <laughs> I'm hoping for a fourth because of the way it ended, but... We'll yeah. see. I mean, we do know we're getting one more season of Stranger Things. Yeah. And what is it? The the Sandman just dropped. And apparently that's got really good reviews. So it's like they have some stuff, but I don't know. It... But it's for the amount of stuff they have to the amount of quality stuff they have. It's like a thousand to one ratio of like shit to quality. Yeah. Which like... is wild because when you like flip the script and you go look at some of the other streaming services... And Apple is a gleaming example of this. Yes. And I hate, I like, I don't want to sound like an Apple fanatic or a fanboy and stuff because I mean, fuck Apple in a lot of regards, but holy shit, like almost every TV show or miniseries that they put out there is a fucking high quality masterpiece. Yep. Like yep. we'll talk about that later on, but like we both just watched Blackbird, mm -hmm. an Apple exclusive and it was amazing. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, is Apple TV like cheap? Like is the high end, like is Netflix the most expensive out of all of the streaming stuff? You know? Aside from Crave, if you want the uh, add-ons. Right. But Crave is like a uniquely Canada one yeah. that we could fuck down. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. it's like it's, baked uh, into the telecoms. I don't know how much Apple TV costs, to be completely honest. 
because I'm curious, like if Netflix is the most expensive one, like it's it's almost crazy when you look at some of the other ones. Six bucks a month. For Apple TV? Yeah. Fuck off. That's an amazing deal. Yep. Six dollars wow. a month. Okay. Uh, that seems like an absolute no brainer at that cost. But yeah, Netflix. And then they do bundles too. Like you can do um, their Apple One subscription, which nets you access like extra iCloud storage, their Fitness Plus activity stuff, Apple Arcade, Apple TV, Apple Music, and Apple News. And that's like 15 bucks a month. That's actually a really good deal. Yeah. And like Apple News isn't like Google News. Like Apple News, like, well, it'll pull sources the same as Google News but it also pulls sources from like the Herald and stuff like the ones that are behind paywalls. Like it's a legit, Oh, like it gives you access to all of the news. There's no paywalls. There's no nothing. It's like every fucking news source across the country. Yeah. And Apple arcade. Yeah. Games. Apple. Yeah. It is. Yeah. That's actually a really good deal. Mm -hmm. Damn. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Netflix should, I don't know how you fix Netflix right now, but it's not adding more fees. Yeah, I don't know. I give it a couple more uh, quarters of lower than expected revenue and customer loss, and I imagine that CEO will be yeeted the fuck out of there. Probably. Well, it's like I don't. I also don't understand like they still have this notion of like that you need to like gain subscribers every year, and it's like feasibly can't keep doing that forever right like (laughs) yeah there's i can't remember there's an actual term for it um yeah in in like economic school or whatever i can't remember what it's called but yeah a lot of companies work off this model where every quarter needs to be more profitable than the last but eventually you're just going to plateau where like it's just not possible to make more money than ever and like there's there's only a finite amount of fucking people on this planet, given there's 7 billion. But I mean, not every country and not every person has Netflix. Like, like yeah. hypothetically, let's say Netflix did get up to 7 billion subscribers. Like, w- what's their new goal after that? Because that would mean every man, woman, and child on this planet had a Netflix account. So where, yeah. would, where would you go from there? What would their new target be? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, like we it's... need people to start dropping babies out so we can get the babies subscribed. Like... Like, what do you do yeah. from there? Yeah, I don't know. But it's like, yeah, it's it's like you feasibly just can't keep having more people subscribe. And it's like at some point you need to just go like, this is a healthy operating margin and keep it there and do what Costco does, right? You know? Yeah, why can't but, you just be happy with like solid income revenue? Yeah. I mean, you could say that about pretty much every company right now, but Yeah. Yeah, I I don't even know what I would do with Netflix. Like, if I had to, other than, like, try to get more quality shows, but, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been saying for a while that there's only a couple things that keep me attracted to Netflix, but it's probably just a matter of time before I ditch it, because it's just getting stupid. Yeah. Yeah, like, pretty much. <laughs> Like, like, honestly, I mean, like, granted, these other streaming services don't ha- have the same kind of back catalog that uh, Netflix does. True. 
But that being said, it's very, very seldom that I go in and watch any of like the old Netflix back catalog. Like nowadays when I turn on Netflix, it's specifically for a new movie they dropped or a new season of a show I'm into. And there's only Stranger Things and Umbrella Academy that have me still semi-invested in their television stuff. And then there's the two movies, Gray Man and Spiderhead, are the only two Netflix movies that I'm interested in seeing. Yeah. And then beyond that, it's like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, and I, th- I think a lot of people used the back catalog when they had, like, all those fucking shows like Friends and shit like that. But now they don't have that, right? Because everyone else started their own streaming service. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you wanted to, you know, there's tons of people just rewatch the same shows, right? Like, a lot of people do, right? You yeah. Know, so it's like, if you're one of those people that always just has friends on in the background, it's like, you're not going to Netflix because they don't have it anymore, right? Mm. You know, because everyone and their dog decided to start a streaming service, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, like, I'll always have Prime Video. Yeah. Because I'll always have an Amazon Prime membership. Yeah. But beyond that, beyond that, yeah, I don't know. What I would really like to see, honestly, and I I don't quite understand how it hasn't happened yet, but, like, years ago, Disney bought fucking Fox. Fox owns Hulu. So Disney now owns Hulu as the Disney Plus subscription, and they filled a bunch of the back catalog with Fox series and shows and stuff like that. But I don't understand why they haven't gone, okay, why are we running two competing streaming services? Let's just bundle it all, dial up the price of fucking Disney, and quadruple our fucking subscriber base. Because I actually, like, once upon a time, I used to throw on a VPN and I was a Hulu subscriber. And it was nice that you could get a blend of live TV as well as normal TV. And typically when a new episode aired, the very next day, it was less than 24 hours you were able to watch it on Hulu as it, like, aired on TV. Which was super, super fucking nice. Because then you didn't have to, like, wait till a series ended and it got picked up on a streaming service like i wonder if they're keeping the two separate for an image right like to keep that disney image where it's like hey disney plus is like here's your disney movies and your marvel stuff and it's you know very family friendly and then hulu is like where you get here's the thing though adult stuff maybe i don't know when was the last time you went on disney plus uh I can't remember, to be honest. Okay, so since they acquired Fox, like, officially and started filling their Disney catalog with their Fox purchases, there is a ton of stuff that you can stream on Disney Plus that is not family, that is not kid-orientated. There is a lot of adult stuff on there. Hmm. Like the Deadpool movies, Logan. There's a bunch of television shows that I saw were on there. I was like, holy fuck, that's on Disney Plus? What? I wonder if there's a bunch of like a bunch of rights and licensing stuff. Like I wonder if that's part of it. Like where there's just so many agreements still within like Hulu that they can't move it, maybe, or something like that. I wonder if it's something like that. They don't ha- they don't have to move it. Like they can just m- move Hulu into Disney and all those licenses yeah. can still be for 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 Hulu. You can just call it Disney plus Hulu. Yeah, true. 
Just like you can get the subscription where it's like Disney Plus TSN or Sportsnet or whatever the hell that sport ESPN. Sure, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It's, I would be inclined. I would be more inclined to actually pay for that service yeah, if Disney if had, had Hulu. But yeah, because Hulu is actually not terrible. No, that's where like it's always sunny and um, what we do in the shadows and like all the FX shows they come out on Hulu. Yep. Yeah, I don't know why they don't roll it in. But... Then, so, since we're talking about streaming, let's talk about HBO Max and the Batgirl, both seemingly just fucking gutted for no reason. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up to me. So the Batgirl movie was originally supposed to be an HBO Max movie that they were making just for HBO Max, apparently. Apparently it's 90% done, and it was in, like, post-production, basically. They'd spent $90 million on it, but then they were originally going to give it a theatrical release. And then when Discovery and Warner merged, apparently the executives went, this movie doesn't have the quality we want to release anywhere, and then they just fucking canned it. <laughs> Like, if it's already done, why not try to recoup something? Yeah, like, I... Like, there's no way that this movie is probably worse than, like, Morbius. There's and a... Sony released that twice. Yeah, and, like, when you look through, it's like... Cause I didn't... Like, I remember hearing about it, but I didn't put a lot of, like, weight or thought into it. But... J.K. Simmons as Jim yep. Gordon with yep. Brendan Fraser playing the villain and Michael Keaton coming back as the as Bruce Wayne's Batman. Yep. Like, holy fuck, yeah. I, I do want to see that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, I, I, I don't understand this logic in the slightest, and it seems like no one else does either because the internet's been on fire with it because it's like... If it's done or like close to being done you'll make something if you drop it in theaters like yeah. I, I don't understand like them saying like because they're specifically like one of the reasons they said is like and they've like defended this since is like we want to have a very specific theatrical quality for all of DC movies going forward so it's like, but then like you look at some of the previous DC movies that have been in theaters and it's like, well, some of those weren't exactly quality. <laughs> no, I, like, I don't, I don't understand this. And then they're also pretty much at the same time, like gutting HBO max. So apparently like they had a shit ton of layoffs and it was, I think it was one of the Reddit threads I saw about this was like someone like listed all of the shows that they had canceled on HBO Max too. And apparently like it's a lot. So. And they're also going to do what you were talking about with like Hulu and Disney. They're going to roll the Dis the Discovery Channel subscription into HBO Max. So you're going to get both. Yeah. So. And like that one's like. It's understandable to have Hulu and Disney roll into one, 
like, cause I also saw a Reddit post where someone's like, oh, this will be so cool. I can open up the app and under recommendations, I can see the latest Justice League movie right next to fucking Tuna Fisherman. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, I didn't even fucking think about that. <coughs> Junkyard Wars and all that other bullshit. Yeah. Like those two actually would make sense to keep them separate because they're like completely different demographics. Yeah, 100%. Like the right. only people I know who watch anything Discovery related are when they're like flipping through their board and they're like, I'm just going to put this on in the background. Like I'm... if you sit down to actually watch something, you're like, I'm going to sit down and watch some TV. The audience for something like Junkyard Wars or fucking Junk Pickers and Big Tuna Fisherman and all that other shit has got to be alarmingly small. I think it's actually pretty big in the older generation. So like, for instance, like my dad has a few like discovery shows like those like reality like fisherman ones and stuff that he watches like religiously and a lot of people like him do that or it's like they just have like one or two of those shows that they tune in every time but it's like he's not gonna watch anything other than that so it's like those are the people that like a discovery streaming service would be good for you know but like the people hopping onto hbo max for peacemaker Probably do not give a shit about Shark Week. Which, also, I did read some tweets and stuff that the second season of Peacemaker is safe. It didn't get axed. Yet. Yet. It is still going ahead. It's. I'm just waiting to see what the... Uh, like, where they go from here. Like, it says here it, that, like, they're doing a whole overhaul and they're going to try and take, like, a Kevin Feige-type approach to it which i'm hoping means like actual continuity and shit like that throughout the dc universe because it's a fucking mess and we've been saying it ever since we first started fucking doing this podcast how terrible the dc universe is but then it's also saying that they want to focus on their main characters and the leaders are upset with how quote, how are unhappy with quote how top shelf characters like superman have seemingly been left to languish Look, I love Superman as a character, but like, holy fuck, like that well is dry enough. Like when all we get is a new Batman and a Superman all the time. Yeah, like they need go to go a different fucking direction. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I like I'm curious what they're gonna do going forward, and I'm curious if this Batgirl ever sees the light of day at some point or or what, because like. I think it will, but I think what they're going to do is they're going to sit down and kind of work out a, like a, the equivalent of a Marvel phase, like a phase one for DC. And then they'll go, okay, this is where we want Batgirl, but we do want it to be in the same universe. So they'll keep the core of Batgirl, but they'll pick some characters and maybe reshoot some scenes so that characters and Batgirl are the same as play the same, are the same actor playing the same character in different parts of their their phase lineup is what I think is going to happen. So I don't think it's just done and dusted and maybe one day it'll get released. I think they're going to go, okay, we need to get this universe straightened out. So in our new Batman movies, we want JK Simmons doesn't want to be commissioner Gordon. So we need to find someone. Once we find someone who will sign up for a four picture deal, we'll reshoot some Batgirl scenes with this new guy. Yeah. So that they have some fucking continuity. 
Because like they're like, and honestly, they might as well just nuke it and start start from scratch. Like right now, like with all of that wild shit going on with Ezra. Ezra Miller. Yeah. yeah. I I still don't understand how like why they haven't canceled that Flash movie because like the last update I heard is like he was fucking like people are saying he's walking around with like body armor and guns on some fucking farm somewhere. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's fired. He's out. Oh yeah, totally. But yeah, I don't know if they're going to try and save that movie. Like, I don't know. Like they were in post, weren't they? Yeah. I think like, I, I want to say they were in post or almost done filming something like something to the tune of like, it was like 80 to 90% done. So maybe so. they use that. Maybe they keep that movie going because Ezra's fired. Like we know that they've said he's not going to be working for DC anymore. We know he's done. So maybe they hire some other people, reshoot an ending or something. And that is like hitting the big reset on the DC universe. And then going yeah. forward, we get a new DC universe. Cause like we, they, I mean, we got Pattinson as Batman, but yeah. who knows if he'll ever fucking if they'll actually be able to make a crossover with that. I'm betting Jason Momoa will still play Aquaman. Gal Gadot yeah. is a pretty big star. I imagine she'll probably be into doing Wonder Woman again, but it'll be circumstantial, like, oh, I need Patty Jenkins back, or these are the demands. You're going to have to find a new Flash. This Batgirl's up in the air. Like, if anything, now is the time to do a big old reboot and actually start focusing on someone other than the Justice League characters because they don't do anything else. Like at least with Marvel, you have the main characters, but then you see these other characters pop up that aren't your typical go-tos, right? Yeah. And I, I, I bet that's why they haven't can canceled that flash movie is because I think that flash movie is going to serve as like a reset because that's how you're like, that's how they were introducing like Michael Keaton into it all. Right. And then I remember reading and it was, um, some people were talking about Aquaman 2 and originally Michael Keaton was going to be in Aquaman 2 as like an appearance, but then they did test screenings and everyone was confused because they were like, why is Michael Keaton's Batman in this Aquaman movie? And they took it out because Batgirl was originally supposed to come out before Aquaman and introduce Keaton into like the world, but they now don't have that. So it's like they had to cut it out and now Ben Affleck is in Aquaman 2. So, oh my God. Yeah, so it's like I like like they've gotten they've nodded their continuity up to a point that I don't even as like a diehard DC comic fan that knows a lot of those storylines I don't even know how I would untangle it because like you have the Flash movie that is introducing Keaton's Batman and has Ben Affleck Batman in it and so you have all of the recent movies in that then you have fucking joker which seemingly takes place in no universe it's just this story then you have the batman movie that just came out which is also not in any of those let's just call them universes mm -hmm. and then you also have the tv shows which seemingly tie into nothing but the tv shows yeah so it's like they have like four or five like fucking timelines going on uh, like I, yeah, but that's why I, they were gonna do Flash. The Flash was supposed to be like, this is our explanation as to why there's five different Batmans and why there's yeah. all these different characters playing the same person. Da da da. 
That was gonna yeah. that was supposed to be there. Hey, yeah. we have a multiverse too, and this is how we're showing you our multiverse. But it wasn't like Marvel's multiverse was planned from the beginning. Yeah. This is literally them using the multiverse as an excuse to explain away the giant pile of shit that they have fucking amassed over the last decade. Yeah. Like they need to just, they need to get their shit together. Like I, I did, I don't know if you saw, but, uh, it's announced Lady Gaga is going to star alongside Joaquin Phoenix in the next Joker movie. Yep. So like, where does that, like that obviously doesn't fall in there, but after the flash movie, we can explain away the Joker as part of the multiverse. I, yeah, I don't know. And, or do they just keep that Joker thing separate or they're just like, Hey, this is just this. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, like w- continuity goes a long, long way. Like I understand yeah. telling like the Joker movie was fantastic and walking Phoenix did amazing. And that was a great movie. But yeah. why the fuck can Joaquin Phoenix not just show up as a cameo in a fucking Justice League movie as Joker? Yeah. And like the continuity thing, I think, and here's where like like what I mean by like I don't even know how how I would untangle this, even with the Flash like multiverse thing is like, okay, if you're gonna try to build like a a Justice League kind of Marvel thing, right? Where it's like, hey, here's our slate of movies and then they build to this event, whether that's Justice League or whatnot. Like, you still have the Robert Pattinson Batman trilogy. Like, that's greenlit. They're going to do three. So, like, is he just, like, is that just going to be, like, the Christopher Nolan movies? Where it's like, hey, here's three movies that don't tie into fucking anything. And then here's, at the same time, another, you know, making of a Justice League. Like, do they, can you have two Batmans, like, focused at the same time? Probably not. No. Right? I mean, like, yeah, by all accounts, you could, but it would be fucking terrible, and it would be stupid, and then you're literally battling your own, within your own franchise for popularity and views. Yeah. They just need, they need to just be strict on this shit, is what it is, right? Like, if you go to fucking Disney Marvel, you go to the House of Mouse, and you're like, hey, I want to make a Iron Man movie, but I don't want it to be an action movie, I want it to be a period piece, a very dramatic kind of suspenseful thriller. I don't want it to tie back to any of the Marvel universe though. I just want to do a standalone with a new Iron Man. They're going to tell you to Feige would Yeah, they're going to tell you to get slap the fuck you out. and yeah. show you the door. <laughs> yeah, goodbye. No thank you. That's what DC needs to do, but they don't because they're money-hungry whores. So it's like someone goes, "Hey, can I make a Joker movie?" Yeah, fuck, sure. Okay, well, it's not going to be part of anything. Yeah, that's fine. Do your own standalone. Hey, can I do new Batman? Yeah, sure. We've only rebooted the Batman franchise seven times. Yeah, sure. Take your pick. Have at her. If it's gonna make us money, do what you want. And they need yeah. to they need to knock that shit off. And they need to knock it off now. Yeah. And like granted, like like the Joker was a great movie and I really like the Batman, but still it's like there's like there's zero continuity to anything going on. And when they try to like tie things in together, it seems like it just confuses people. Right. So I, I don't know. I I don't know. (sighs) Just another thing that we'll just have to fucking wait and see, I guess. Yeah. Speaking of Marvel. So apparently 
they are catching some heat over pretty much every VFX company and artist that has like worked on a Marvel movie in recent years and how fucking shitty they're getting treated basically. Really? So, sen- so essentially I can't remember this article came out and then a bunch of other VFX houses and people that work in the industry basically came up and backed this up and was like, yeah, essentially what happens is Marvel hires directors that don't necessarily know that aren't CGI strong and don't know how much time it takes. So what happens is these directors come in, realize they need a bunch of CGI go to a studio and say, hey, we need all this CGI work done, and we need it done really quick. And the VFX house basically goes like that. Like, you can't. It's going to look like shit. You're going to see scenes like the Black Widow fire, you know, and stuff like that. And then apparently what happens is, like, if the VFX place basically doesn't do it, they get blacklisted from, like, Disney Marvel, and then they just go somewhere else. That's crazy. How many VFX studios are there that can do that type of high quality work. Like I can't imagine there's a million of these companies. No, I, like I don't think so. Like there's probably a lot because I mean, CGI is like, I would imagine it's universal and not just like movies and but like TV and stuff like that. So like, there's probably some variety there, but like, but yeah, like it, it was crazy. Like, and it, like when I read this article too, I was like, you know what? A lot of these recent move Marvel movies and then, like these last few years have had some you know kind of spotty cgi in some places that was kind of like it's like you read this article and it's like well here's your answer so that's crazy yeah so it's it was an interesting article to see like kind of like this back end like vfx houses kind of being like just treated like garbage but yeah. Yeah. Well, so I mentioned that trend has to end at some point. Cause like I said, like there's a finite amount of like high quality visual effects studios running around there. So if you're eventually pissing all of them off and underpaying all of them, then they're just going to go, yeah, no, we're good. And then that rate that like, cause Marvel movies are what fucking 80% of them special, special yep. effects. Right. So it's just yep. like, you have one person, you, if all the companies just kind of go like, yeah, no, fuck this. We're not understaffed and overworking for pennies on the dollar here. Then there goes Marvel's entire slate. And when yep. you have a release window coming up and you're not done, like you can bet your fucking ass that Disney is going to start dropping big bucks to make sure whatever's ready or needs to be ready will be ready. Yep. Yeah, I saw, and, like, I saw a lot of memes after, like, they announced, like, Phase 5 and 6, and it was, like, Kevin Feige beating up VFX artists, being like, hey, we got a lot of work for you, and you're gonna need to do it. It's just, like, yeah, so it was, yeah. Like, and I'm, I don't think this got as much steam when this article came out, so I don't know, like, if Marvel has said anything about it or not. Yeah, well, usually there'd be an edit at the end of the article that says Marvel's response or something, but I'm not seeing any of that. No, so. But yeah. I'm like, why wouldn't, I mean, I guess to save money, but you would think at some point, considering how many Marvel and Star Wars shows that Dis- and movies that Disney is pumping out there, like at what point do 
they just make their own VFX studio, like an in-house studio. Like they like they can do some of it. Like Disney owns Pixar and DreamWorks, right? Yeah. So start a fucking VFX studio. Do it in-house. Have a whole fucking team, and then you're not fighting with bids. You're not worried about like you have complete and total fucking control, and you're not worried about anyone leaving the project or filing complaints or shitting all over your name. Yeah, and like. Do they not already do some of that stuff with, uh, like, the Mandalorian and all that? Because they use that, uh, what the fuck, technology is it, the big screen? Yeah. Well, like, I want to... I don't know, I don't know if, they've ever, if they've used that for any of the Marvel stuff. Like, because I've seen it using Unreal Engine on a, like, 200 and something degree fucking curved screen. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And they can do that in real time. But I haven't heard yeah. personally, not to say that it hasn't happened, but I haven't heard of them using that with the Marvel movies yet, which is just wild that they wouldn't. And I wonder if that's because the Marvel movies are more like the VFX is more like on people, right? You know, it's like Iron Man beams coming out of his chest versus like the backgrounds. But there's a maybe? lot like the the picture in this article is Wanda using her powers in front of a green screen. Oh, yeah. So why not just use those? Why not just yeah. use, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then it doesn't have to be added post. You can add it live while doing it. People can see it. Like, I watched that, like, 20-minute YouTube video about, like, that technology they were using, and it was impressive as hell. Yeah. And, like, when you watch a show like The Mandalorian, like, it looks amazing on screen, too. Like, it's it's almost, like, when you're watching it, 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 it like, you almost can't tell that it's not a real set. Yeah. So, it's... And go a step further than that, because theirs is just like a giant curve screen. Like, they have the technology and the money where they could basically make a dome, or like that a ha- or a half cool. dome, and then you have the whole fucking thing there. And then at that point, the only VFX that you have to had add after the fact are your, you know, magical wavy stuff coming out of your fingers, or the lasers coming out of your eyes, or your chest, or what have you. But you would take down all of the special effects work from green screen. Cause like even going back to like the last couple Marvel movies, if you go on YouTube and look at the behind the scenes, it's all of them running and jumping in front of a green screen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why they don't. Yeah. Maybe it's super expensive or something. I don't know. But yeah, uh... I mean, it's house of mouse. They're not like, they're not the poor. Money shouldn't be. Yeah. Money shouldn't be the issue. Right. But, yeah, I don't know. But well, then you get into it, and it <clears throat> you get the base of the technology of working with Unreal Engine 5, and then you start building out your, like, dome video sets, and then basically they could market that and sell it to other people. Like, Unreal Engine 5, anyone can license that. Yeah. And anyone who can be a game developer can, like, render those things on the fucking screen. But if Disney were to sink some money into building mini studio lots that are just full of like the screens everywhere, then you could basically turn that into a business and sell that to other studios where like, man, can you imagine like walking into like universal studios, like any one of their lots and you walk into their giant warehouses and instead of like a whole fucking house created, it's literally like the big bang theory. You just have a couple couches for the characters to sit on and fucking TVs behind them. Yeah. And then every single warehouse could be repurposed and reused. At any at any moment's notice. It's like, okay, you guys pull these chairs up, pull the couches, move the table, 
bring in this other coach that boom, now you can film a completely different sitcom there and your fucking turnaround time is like an hour to pull some of the main objects out of the out of the room and put new ones in there. Yep. Yeah. And that's like that's why Unreal Engine is really popular too is cuz like you can like it's it's free. And then like where the business for Unreal is is like all of the assets and buying stuff like that and like the support of it, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Like it's you could reuse assets and like, yeah. I don't maybe that's where the future is. Like maybe that's what they're trying to grow up with. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm just I'm still just floored that it's essentially just like the Mandalorian and like some of the Disney stuff that uses it. Like I would just assume by now that Marvel would be implementing that all over the place and that other other studios would be like holy fuck that's amazing let's just empty two or three of our lot warehouses and just fill them with these tvs and then we can film everything in one place like the propping production costs will just like your upfront costs will obviously be high to get a wall of tv screens essentially but but your overall cost after that is going to be significantly lower with everything that you shoot oh totally yeah, I don't know why they don't use it more. It's I've been wondering that ever since like they started using it on like the Mandalorian. Is like why isn't like everyone using this? Because it's <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like VFX artists are getting getting the shaft from Marvel. So hopefully that improves. <clears throat> Yeah, hopefully, because I don't need uh, any downtime in the Marvel movies. It feels like they're coming out too slow as of late. Yeah. Which, to be honest, I'm kind of fine with, because I'm starting to get a bit of Marvel fatigue, so... I haven't hit that point yet. I've started to hit it where I'm just like, eh. Eh. Like, I so badly want to see The Secret Wars. Like, I'm dying to get to that point in this phase. Dying. That uh, that one I'm curious about just because like I know kind of the general story of that and it would be really cool to see that. But well, then we finally get Marvel X Men like all of that stuff. I'm super pumped about. Yeah, and why haven't we gotten X Men yet? Well, we got one X Men. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's it. Like, when are they gonna like? It's on and the was... slate. They're doing a Wolverine and a Mutants movie in this oh, phase. Did they? did they announce that? Yeah, Wolverine specifically, and I think a movie is just called Mutants. Oh, okay. Because I, th- I was curious, like, why we haven't really gotten them yet. Yeah, that would be why. Because they announced a bunch, and I like I'll I'll be honest, I didn't really watch most of the Comic Con stuff, but we got. Nope, it's the old timeline. Because the back. only thing we've gotten is like that dude in uh, fucking Doctor Strange, basically. Yeah, Professor Xavier. Yeah. Are we in what Marvel phase are we in? Oh, fuck. I don't know. I don't know either. Four? Maybe? Five? I don't know. <laughs> I think we're in phase five. That could be it. There's a group movie, a She-Hulk movie, New Black Panther, 
Werewolf by Night. Huh. I don't know why this is so hard to bring up Phase 5. So they announced all this at Comic-Con. Phase 5. Yeah. Phase 5 and 6. There we go. So we're getting the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania. Right. And then we're getting Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume 3. Right. A new season of Loki. That one I am excited for. Uh, we're finally getting a Blade movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. With, uh, oh, uh, what's his name? Herschel Lee. Mm-hmm. I like that guy. And then they're doing a, I don't know if it's a TV show or a movie, but they're doing ag one all about Agatha. Oh, sure. The witch from WandaVision. Sure. Then a new Captain America. Captain America New World Order. Oh, yeah, with uh, Sam. Yeah. Sure. Then the Secret Invasion, which has okay. to do with those uh, from Miss Marvel, Captain oh, yeah. from Captain Marvel. That's right. So those show up. Yeah, <clears throat> something called Echo. I don't know what Echo is. Uh, that was that uh, the deaf chick in uh, the Hawkeye show, the villain. Oh, Echo. okay. Okay, so then we get something with her. Then there's the Marvels. Then there's Ironheart. Then the Daredevil TV show, which right. they which they're bringing the same guy back. Thankfully, well, if I would hope so, considering he was in Spider Man, yeah, it was pretty much a given seeing him. Yeah. Then Thunderbolts, Fantastic Four, and then it's. I don't. It's not in the picture, but I did see one for one called Mutants and another one called Wolverine. Oh, so is that maybe like the phase after this one? Yeah, phase six, and then it goes into Avengers: The Kang Dynasty, and then wraps up with the Avengers: Secret Wars. Okay, I remember seeing, and I I don't know if there is any weight to this, but I remember seeing. I want to say it was like some rumor was going around and I don't know if it's true or not, but someone was basically like why they haven't seen the X-Men yet is because all of the previous people that had signed on for X-Men have contracts up until like 2025 or something like that. So oh, really? Like, and like I said, I have no idea if this is true. I just like saw it randomly one day and they were like saying essentially like if they make an X, like a Wolverine movie, or like a regular X-Men movie, like all of the previous people are under contract until like 2025, so they would technically have to use them. And like I said, I have no idea if this is actually true or not, but that well, would maybe. actually make a whole ton of sense. The Avengers movies aren't coming out until May and November of 2025. So maybe there is a way to that rumor then. Yeah. And that would also explain why you got Professor X from the X-Men movies. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot coming though. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that VFX stuff gets sorted out because it seems like they're getting kind of fucked. Yeah, that'll put a damper on things real fast if they don't sort that problem out. Yep. Alright. Should we talk a little bit about what we watched? Yeah. Blackbird. Another fucking smash hit for uh, 
Apple TV. Talk about the fucking two leads of that show. Fucking Taryn Edgerton and uh, what's that guy's name? Paul, oh, that was in that. Paul, Wa- Paul Walter Hauser? Yes. Who was in that. Uh, Richard Jewell. Fu- yeah, the Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah. Why hasn't he had more work? Because he, he's amazing. Yeah. He played when, as soon as he was on screen, you know who I got vibes from? The uh, the guy from the Mindhunter show that plays uh, Camper. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, where it's just like, here's this big, creepy guy. Like, he nailed that fucking vibe. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. And, like, the way he talks with his voice. And his, uh, so have you watched all of the episodes? Yes. Okay, so like in the last episode when Taron Edgerton is stuck in a cell before they like run him off to solitary, at that, like his facial expressions, like when he looks back and he just gives this like fucking like devilish smirk. Yeah. I was, I was like, man, that guy is, he needs more work. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. He is an amazing actor. To me, yeah. it was when they were in the uh, boiler room or the wood shop room, and he was like showing him like all the little birds that he carved out of wood, and he had the map there, and he was talking about how he was gonna get out. And Taron Edgerton's like, "Yeah, you're never getting out of here. You're never getting out of here, because like I'm gonna tell on you or something like that." And he went That's from right. his his very low, raspy, whistly kind of voice to like. Like like full on like devil came out like he was screaming yeah. and yelling and it was this very dark and brutish fucking voice and he's flailing and kicking and screaming and yeah holy shit yeah yeah and I mean Taron Edgerton that guy continues to show how much range he has in acting I think because if if you think of his career like he started with like the Kingsman like very action movie and then he did that Elton John like documentary knocked it out of the park and then like he keeps doing stuff like this like he's he's showing that he's like incredible range he he's also a top-notch actor for sure yeah yeah and then i mean ray liotta for what he was in which also rest in peace yeah but but yeah that apple is doing the quality not quantity game and it continues to show yeah like all of the show like every show i've and i haven't watched all of them but every show from apple tv that i have watched has been phenomenal like severance is still right up there with my like top shows loved it the after party was like an incredibly fun ride for all mankind is just a masterpiece in and of itself yeah totally like and it's like everything about Apple TV shows like from the cinematography to like the writing to the casting like it's like they don't skimp on anything no like it's kind of incredible to see like the production value versus like take a recent Marvel show or something like that to kind of see like the the quality difference between the two like it's kind of ridiculous yeah it's wild but yeah for anyone who's curious, the whole premise of it is Taron Edgerton plays like he was a foot, uh, football player in high school, like top of the food chain, popular, blah, blah, blah. And when he leaves high school, he decides he's going to 
can't remember if they explicitly state the reason why, like if he had an injury and couldn't play football or if he just wasn't good enough or fell out of love with it. I don't remember the logic behind it, but he ends up selling drugs and whatnot, gets busted, ends up in jail, and the FBI approach him and say, hey, we think this dude's been murdering all these girls. If you'll transfer to a different prison, befriend him and get a confession, we'll commute your sentence and let you go free. And yep. his dad, played by Ray Liotta, suffering from cancer. So he decides he's going to take this transfer, get a confession out of the guy so that he can get out of jail sooner. Cause he was going to be in there for 10 years, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And get out of jail sooner. So he could spend time with his father before his father passed. Yeah. And the wild thing is, is this is all based on a true story and not yeah. even like the premise is the true story, but everything else is made up. Like I started reading about it after and Almost everything that happened in this series is pulled right out of Jimmy Keen's book. Yep. Like it's like the, yeah. Taron Edgerton's character, his name is Jim Jimmy Keen. Yep. And he really was a fucking top dog popular football player who ended up in jail for all of these things and switched to a different prison to elicit a confession. Like Jim's Keen and Larry Hall are two actual people, and Larry Hall is still sitting on in jail right now. Yep. And at the end of the show, they do kind of, I want to say they, they did show that. Yeah. yeah they they so. touch on it. Yeah. Yep. And I really like to how, uh, full spoilers, I guess we should probably say, <laughs> I don't know if we said that before, but uh, I really like how they, uh, also did like the storyline outside of the jail with like that, uh, original cop and, uh, that one chick basically going around. I actually oh, really yeah. like that storyline too, where he was basically like fighting tooth and nail for like some of these original detectives who were like, nah, he, he didn't do it. He's, he's just, a serial confessor. He just wants attention. Yeah. yeah. And meanwhile, this guy's like, no, 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 no. Like this, this dude's been killing a lot of people. Like, it, like it, it's a, it's a fascinating story, <laughs> you know? So, and it's creepy as fuck, man. Like, and it's like one of those things where when you're watching it, at the beginning, you're like, because like when I heard that it was based on a true story, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna read anything about the show until I watch the show. Then I'll then I'll do my googling after the fact. Yeah, I didn't want anything to be spoiled. Yep. Because if you don't look ahead of time and you just watch the show before you learn any of the real life details, there are several points where you're watching the show where. Like, at least for me, anyway, I was actually convinced. I'm like, oh, he's just like someone who's kind of slow in the head, like a little special needs. And he really didn't do this. This, like, yeah. he, he come like Paul Walter Hauser does such a great fucking job playing this, for lack of a better term, straight up psychopath. Mm -hmm. That there are several points throughout the show where you're like, oh, he didn't do it. He's just a sweetheart. He really does just want attention because he never got attention and he had a terrible home life and his dad didn't really love him. And so he's just seeking validation in any form that he can get it. Yeah. And then it progresses and it progresses and it goes from, Oh wait, maybe he did do it. And then you get to a new episode and you're like, Oh no, see, he's the sweet guy. Like he cares and he's nice and he just wants a friend. And then, yep. yeah, by the time you get to the end, you're like this fucking piece of shit. Holy fuck. Yeah, because it's 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 a short show. It's only like six, e six episodes, episodes. And, and I want to say like it's not till like episode three where I was kind of like, oh yeah, no, 
this guy did it. Like, honestly, it wasn't until he gave the first confession about the girl in the van that he choked out with the belts. That oh, was like yeah, when he got right. yeah. Up until that point, I was still like, this could go either way. Like, I'm not entirely convinced. But and that's how good he is, because you're like, yeah, no, like you start to feel bad for him, like he's just this poor victim. The, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. And then he sits down and he's telling Jimmy about the first girl that he like. She had a flat tire, and he picked her up and went in the van, and then he decided he was gonna start choking her. So he put two belts together and started choking her and twisting her, and starts talking about how she was kept screaming, I want my mom, I want my mom, and that pissed him off, so he started punching her in the face until she was unconscious. And then the next thing he knows, he wakes up, and both of them are in the van, and they're both naked, and it's like, holy shit. Yeah, and, like, it's it's a good thing you mentioned, too, like, kind of how they try to get you to sympathize him. Like, that final scene where he's talking with his brother, mm-hmm. and, like, that whole scene was, like, because at that point, you know he's killed 27 people. Or, like, yeah. whatever the number is. And it's, like, but at the same time, you also, like, kind of feel for him. He's, he's, like, sitting there, and he's, like, pleading with his older brother. He's, like, no, 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 you, like, you're the only one. Like, you got to believe me. And, like, his older brother is, like, no, dude. Like, you fucking you did, did this. this. And, like, it, it, it was such a heartbreaking scene because you can see, like, the older brother is, like, fucking struggling with this because he's, like, now like finally knows what his younger brother did right like that whole scene i thought was like almost one of the best of the show yeah it was masterfully done by both of them yeah and i was gonna say too like the supporting cast of that show especially the older brother was fantastic like when the cops i think it's in the last episode like when the cops finally come to his house and finally start to like get into his head of like no like he actually did this you need to come to that realization like that whole scene was great yeah like the line um there was a great line what was it uh i think it was like the female fbi agent was like yeah man like if he just gets out and gets his old job back and everything is fine like you're saying and she was basically like how are you going to be able to watch him 24 7 and like to slowly start to see like that older brother like kind of realize in that scene was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. So yeah. Masterfully done. Like start to finish, like just phenomenal. Yeah. Such good actors. Like when he first, like one of the most standout scenes to me was fucking after Jimmy or after, uh, Hall, confessed to Jimmy about the murder of that one girl in the back of his van and how he buried her. And then they go back to their cells and Paul Walter Hauser is like, Hey Jimmy, are you up? Jimmy, are you still awake? And you don't hear anything. And he goes, okay, good night, Jim. And then like the camera kind of pans over and there's fucking Taron, Taron Edgerton. And he's like sitting on his bed and he's just like uncontrollably weeping into his hands, trying to be as quiet as possible. But just having a full on like mental breakdown, like the weight of what this guy did. Yeah. And how devastating and shocking and painful to think about it was. And he just cries. Totally. And like the, uh, like the contrast to that of like when he finally gets out of like the, uh, containment thing and he's like 
frantically writing on the table and like having a breakdown because he's like, I, I found all of them. Yeah. But he like, he can't like quite remember all of it. Like that whole. Yeah. yeah where he's like, I'm trying to do my best, but he feels guilty because he can't give exact locations, but. Oh yeah. Like that, that whole like kind of storyline of Jimmy, like having enormous guilt over something he didn't do. Yeah. was fascinating. Like, um, when he gets out of the courtroom and he talks to the detective and he's like basically tearing up talking to him. Cause he's like, I, I, I didn't find them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, 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 like you're fine. You did the job. And he's like, I didn't find them. Like he feels so much guilt about it. It, yeah. it, was, it was such a good thing. And then even like that final scene when he's on the plane and he looks out the window and sees like the fields and like even years later, he still has that like guilt. Yeah. Right. Like it, so good yeah that's yeah it was great start to finish it was just fantastic yeah i was actually kind of bummed it was only six episodes but at the same time i was also kind of glad it was only six because it was just like it was what it needed to be yeah right exactly just like here's six hour-long episodes there was basically no filler like i don't think a single episode you could point at and be like that didn't really need to be there like it was all kind of there and they just did it. So. Yeah, top notch. Like, fuck. Yeah. And also talking about two great leads. Let's talk about the old man. Now, just I have not finished the very last episode yet. Okay. Okay. But my understanding is that it is not a one-off miniseries, that there's going to be another season. Huh. Is that true? I haven't seen the last episode, but I was talking to my parents and they were watching it cause they got into it and they asked me the other day, like when's the next episode coming out? And the last one aired on like July 23rd and it's now August 7th. So like two so weeks that, ago. So this is where I've been also confused is because like there's seven episodes out right now, yeah. but apparently IMDB is saying there's eight. So Where's the last episode? Why has it been two fucking weeks? That's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, is this seven or eight episodes? Let's see what IMDb says. Does it say when the eighth comes out? It says eight episodes. Let's see. Oh, July 21st. Oh, so it only shows seven on IMDb, but it says eight. Oh, they're saying episode two, like, oh, of season two is the eighth. So apparently it is getting a second season. Okay. But I I thought this was a one-off thing, but. Well, that's initially how I thought it was going to go. But then when I was talking to my parents, there was like, well, when's the next one? And I was like, well, how did it end? Like, don't tell me how it ended, but like did it end in a manner where you felt like it was the end end? And they were like, no, it felt like there should be another episode. And I was like, Oh, maybe there is another one or maybe there's another season. Yeah. Like I totally thought there was like an eighth episode and then it was done. Cause like I, I had that feeling as well. Like when I finished and you haven't seen, so I won't spoil anything, but like after it finished, I was like, okay, like, is there another one? But yeah. So I got the last one to watch. Yeah. But it's so far, I I very much enjoyed this show. Like it's okay. I mean, so 
I like the show. Yeah. And I absolutely love fucking Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. And I John abso- Lithgow. And I absolutely love John Lithgow. And the first episode was like, oh shit, this is this is awesome. Yep. Second episode, really good too. And then it just increasingly kind of tapered down for me. Like I, I would say by episode four, it was like this, not like downward trajectory where like crashed and burned and it sucked, but like it just, every episode after the third episode just kind of felt a little more filler, a little more of stuff that I didn't necessarily care about or want to watch. And it just kind of carried on all the way to where I'm sitting. And I, that's part of the reason I haven't been so, uh, to, yeah. to to finish it it's just like there's other shows where it's like I really want to see what happens with this and this one just kind of tapered off for me fairly quickly to the point where it's like I'll I'll get to the last episode when I get to it I guess yeah this show is to me it's a great like example of doing almost too much because it's like they have like the first two episodes like I was kind of like you where I was like these are great like uh aging jeff bridges like cia guy with some really good action and i was like this is great this is great john lithgow amazing and then they kind of started to go back in time to like show kind of how all of this happened and none of that really intrigued me and then the stuff with the girl that jeff bridges meets like I didn't care about any like I constantly when I was watching it I was like I just want to see Jeff Bridges and John Lithgow I just want to see that stuff I don't really want to see anything else yeah and I think that so that took away from the story for me a little bit personally it's like why do we care about this woman like he just met her they've known each other for all of like 24 fucking hours and all of a sudden she's escorting him on his escapades and he's explaining who he is what he's done and his tips and tricks for doing this and that. And and it's like, yeah, yeah, none of that was necessary. Like if you genuinely are on the run and you're worried about your daughter's safety and your safety, like you're not going to go through the hassle of picking up a fucking stranger that you met 24 hours prior to take her with. And like, honestly, it probably like when they go for dinner and the scene where they're on their way home from dinner. Yeah. Morning. Spoiler alert. And they get pulled over by the cops and then he like, he's out talking to the cop and then he grabs the cop's gun, shoots the cop, shoots the other cop. And then she kind of stares at him and then he shoots her in the head. And you're like, holy shit. And it was all just like a daydream he was having while sitting in the passenger seat as they go to the checkpoint. That's probably honestly how it should have went. Yeah. And to be honest, I actually, I'm really glad you brought that up because I was super pissed when it showed that it was just like in his head. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Because I was like, that was a, that actually would have worked. Yeah. Like, it would have worked, and it, like, that's, then that storyline would have made sense, and it would have been just long enough. But then they, like, kept, I don't know, like, everything with that storyline, I was just like, I do not give a shit about this. Let's get back to the main plot thread here. Well, and my problem with it, as, like, interesting of a quick little scene it was, it kind of pulled me out of it a little bit for the simple fact that like while he's sleeping he has these bizarre nightmares i guess of his his former wife that's passed away right 
where she's like going through dementia and Alzheimer's and like all this other stuff because she's an old lady. So I get all that. I get having the nightmares about her and her being present in your mind and still being a big weight on your shoulders kind of thing. But this daydreaming of shooting the cop and shooting the woman, that's the only time a scene like that happens in the entirety of the show. Unless another one happens in the last episode. So it's out of character. It's like, okay, you're in episode three or four. He has this bizarre daydream where like as an audience, you, you're like, holy shit, did that just happen? Oh no, he was just thinking it. But you don't get any more of those types of mental flashback type things going on. So just after that, it just was like, why did you even bother to do it at all? Like he doesn't daydream about this. This isn't a element that you're adding to the show yep. to see like what he is going to do versus what he's thinking. It was literally just a one-off thing and it just made it more so feel out of place and unnecessary at that point. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. So, so yeah, it's, I just, I just wish they, it like, it just feels like they have too many plot threads that they don't need. So, yeah. And, I, but I, the one thing I, I will say is like the younger versions of them, they actually did a really good, good job casting the younger people. Cause like when I was watching it, I was like, okay, these people totally seem like a younger version of Jeff Bridges and John Lithgow. Like they actually can't, they did a very good job with that. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, I mean, like, on the whole, like, I still enjoyed it. I just wish they didn't do, like, I wish they would have just trimmed the fat in some of the places. And I think it would have been way better if they did that. Because, yeah, yeah, the first first two episodes were bangers. It definitely felt like towards the end that they, like, wrote out a general, like, story arc. Like, here's the bullet points of how the story starts and how we want it to end. And here's some like subplot kind of things to keep the story moving. And it feels like after that, they were like, fuck, I don't know what to do. These are supposed to be 52 minute long episodes. Like we got to add some more stuff, guys. What do you got? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of how it felt to me. Yeah. Agreed. If we're done talking about old man, I have to bring something up that has me incredibly fucking bummed out. And I was going to ask you about it earlier. Okay. Did you hear about Tomb Raider? Oh, yeah, yeah. How they're basically, like, going to reboot it without, uh, what's-her-face? Alicia Vikander? We don't know that for sure yet. But MGM had the rights to Tomb Raider, and it's much like when Sony, uh, how Sony has the rights to Spider-Man and how Fox had the rights to X-Men, is in the contract, you have to make a movie every so many years. So for MGM to keep their contract and maintain the rights to Tomb Raider, they needed to have a Tomb Raider movie in production by July or by March of this year. By March of 2022, a Tomb Raider movie needed to be at the very least in pre-production. And they didn't have it. And they failed to fucking do so. So the rights expired. I don't know who won. I don't think it's announced yet. But now there's a bidding war to buy the rights to Tomb Raider. And because of this, there's the possibility that Alicia Vikander will no longer play Laura Croft, which really bums me out because I get a lot of people are diehard Angelina Jolie fans. Sure. But I thought Alicia Vikander was a phenomenal Laura Croft. And although the first movie was like pretty lukewarm, I still enjoyed it. It was fun for what it was. And I was 
very much looking forward to a sequel. Which I made it, which I'll I'll never get a sequel anyway, but sure. I w- yeah, actually I really like her as Tomb Raider, even though I think that movie was actually kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Which is like a weird thing to say, but it's like I think she was she's actually could knock that role out of the park. I just yeah. think that was a very not good movie. Yeah, they just needed better writers. Yeah, like because I think she like the parts, the parts of that movie that kind of played on like that remake game, or was like kind of surviving, like that stuff was actually like when I like those few specific scenes. I was like, oh, she's like this is great. This is the Tomb Raider that I want. You know, uh-huh. kind of going with like those rebooted games, like in the same vein. And then I mean, the movie just kind of went off in a different direction, but. Oh, yeah. I just pulled up an article, and it's like, the rights holders, GK Films, is considering offers from several Hollywood studios. Yeah. I I mean, like, would you have a studio that you would want the rights to go to? Because <sighs> I'm going to throw a wild one out. Bloomhouse. Nah, I wouldn't want that. Bloomhouse is <laughs> just suspense horror. I don't know. Honestly, I would love HBO to take it and give it the Last of Us treatment. Oh, that'll Warner and that'll never yeah. like put like a real good writing like writing team behind it and fill it do with like top tier actors and do it as a miniseries. That'll never happen. That would be my first pick. Honestly, I think if Amazon picked it up, they might be able to make something work. Yeah, I think so too. Amazon is probably the realistic answer. And as far as I know, do. Amazon is bidding on it. Yeah. That would, yeah, Amazon would probably be a good place. They, they are pretty good for the most part with a lot of their shit, so. They and are, but some of their shit is dry. Like, we didn't, it's not on our list to talk about, but did you watch that Chris Pratt one? Terminal I watched list? the, f- I watched the first episode and I was kind of like, eh, I don't think I want to watch any more of these. <laughs> I've made it through five of them. Yeah, I'm at least halfway through. No. That's the thing is like, uh, who fucking wrote it? Is it Jack Carr? I want to say Jack Carr is the guy who originally wrote the stories. Okay. Former Navy SEAL, like, you know, that whole rigmarole. Sure, sure. Yeah. And like, I've I've listened to him on podcasts and he seems like a fascinating guy and he's down to earth and like just a solid human being all around. Like just random side note, he was on Rogan's podcast not that long ago and he was talking about him and the, one of his buddies went and met with this girl and they started a nonprofit where they were covertly going into Afghanistan and pulling people out to like save them as the Taliban oh, was taking over. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Like people that they used to work with, like locals that they would work with when they were doing tours in Afghanistan, they were like, shit, these oh, guys shit. are in trouble. Their families are in trouble. Like, so like, some back channel deals and they were getting fucking cargo planes from like the, from Saudi Arabia, like the Prince and flying in low key, going in and grabbing all these people that had helped them over the years do their job and like pulling yep. them out and getting them back to America and getting them citizenship and shit. Yep. So he's like outstanding guy. And when he was talking about it, he's like, Oh yeah. Like this is how me and he's like, this is what I, I pitched it. And then Amazon bought it and, or no, it was Chris Pratt. He somehow got hooked up with Chris Pratt and Chris Pratt was like, I want to do a show out of this. And like Chris Pratt basically like 
took the ropes and was like, we're going to talk to studios. I'll star in this. Like we'll get this off the ground. And that's kind of like how it all came to be. And then like all of the military training and shit that Chris did. Like I saw a report or a article shortly after, I think the terminal list came out and it was something like Chris Pratt has like more hours of actual Navy seal training than like, every other Hollywood actor combined. Oh, sure. Like he's got enough hours that he probably could join the Navy SEALs. Like that's how much training he has. Cause I he love takes those it, stories. Cause he takes it very seriously, right? Like he, I think it was like hundreds of hours he put into training for his role in, um, zero dark 30. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I was yeah. hyped. I was hyped on this movie yeah. and I love fucking like Jack Reacher granted like different, different writer and different totally. story and universe and stuff. Yeah, I made it like four episodes in and I just stopped fucking caring. Yeah. And the worst part is, is it is the other guy that's in there. I fucking absolutely love. Oh, Taylor Kitsch. Yes. I fucking love Taylor Kitsch. See, we're on different pages with that guy. I love, he is amazing, man. Like that guy deserves all the awards for every, everything I've ever seen him in. He's been fucking top notch. Taylor Kitsch is the man. I don't remember the last thing I liked with him. Seriously? You didn't Dead like series. Did you watch Waco? Okay, Waco is the exception. No, no, Waco, no. Waco, he was Waco's <laughs> not the exception. Yes, Waco is the exception. Everything Waco is I, the gold standard to which that gentleman holds his fucking acting skills a, a bar to. Like Yeah, way he was really good in Waco, but I'm trying like most of the other stuff I've seen him in like Maybe it's just, maybe he's good, but it's the projects he takes are not good. 21 Bridges, amazing. Waco, amazing. Only the Brave, amazing. He was awful in American Assassin. I'll say that. I disagree. He was definitely awful in True Detective. That's also not fucking true. Lone Survivor, he was amazing. I didn't like the movie Savages, but I liked him in Savages. I actually like John Carter. I'll just come right out and say it. I like John Carter. I thought it was a good movie and I enjoyed watching him in it. Truth actually, told, John, John Carter is actually a pretty good movie. It just, it had a really shitty marketing campaign, I want to say, and that's why it flopped. And truth be told, I never watched Friday Night Lights, but I heard he was like the creme de la creme in that sh- show. Sure. Hate on him all you want. I was extremely disappointed. Because I love Chris Pratt. I have a fucking massive man crush on Taylor Kitsch. I would watch that guy in anything that he puts out going forward. And it still wasn't enough to keep me past like four episodes or so. Okay. I'm actually kind of glad you brought that up because like I watched one episode and I was like, eh, like maybe I'll watch more of this, but like the urge just never kind of came over me. And also for some reason I decided to rewatch the entirety of Prison Break. So weird flex, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like it, it was very similar to old man where it starts off like on a fucking, like they hit the ground running right off the hop with the murder of his wife and daughter. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. And then it just, yeah. I just stopped after four. I was like, I don't care anymore. Okay. I, I probably won't watch it. Okay. Speaking of Chris Pratt, I gotta talk about this new Jurassic Park movie that came out. Yeah, I still haven't watched I'm, it. Any good? 
the CGI dinosaurs look really good. But isn't this? And this isn't this, this is go ahead. This is the, one of the most forgettable fucking movies I've seen in my entire life. That's the best way to describe it. Is completely fucking forgettable. So much so that I watched it two weeks ago, and I actually don't remember too much from it. How is that possible? Because I, like I said, I haven't watched it yet. But correct me if I'm wrong. This is the one where we get yeah, all the old people from the original ones come in for absolutely no reason at all. Oh, really? Like, because here's here's the problem with that movie is like. It, it's like they almost don't do anything is like the best way to describe the characters like the characters come in and they help they hold up their hands like chris pratt does a lot during that movie i don't know why but it was very abundant how much he does it in that movie where he holds his hands out in front of dinosaurs to the point that it kind of became fucking hilarious but anyway like all the characters like in the movie like they just come and go like they it's weird like there's no stakes or anything like they all show up and then they eventually kind of go back to where they were beforehand and then the movie just kind of ends like it's <sighs> they tried to play to, like on the nostalgic factor with like all of the older people but like it just it didn't need it and i don't even feel that they used them that good either yeah that's disappointing like is it worth a watch yes if you if if you like jurassic park and you like seeing cgi dinosaurs which i do you, you will get that and you'll see all the old people and they'll call back to a bunch of references from the original ones but at the end of the day, like, most of the movie is pretty forgettable, and, like, yeah. But, like, watch it. Like, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. But it's... Well, I'm, like, I'm torn, because, like, I, we tend to have similar tastes to uh, shows and movies, other than your incredibly bizarre addiction to old-timey British bullshit. Sure. But then again, like you're sitting here saying, eh, it wasn't that good. It was kind of forgettable. There's nothing special to it. If you like dinosaurs, then it is what it is. But then at the same time, you sit here and have sat here across from me and fucking praised the fucking Fast and Furious franchise movies. Yeah. And it's like, and like I should rephrase a little bit too, because like on the whole, like when I finished the new Jurassic Park movie, I was like, that was all right. Like, I enjoyed the dinosaurs ripping people apart and like those scenes looked awesome and it was a good time, but it's what's been your temperature on the previous two Jurassic like world movies? Uh, lukewarm, but I think that's, I think that's mostly because Jurassic park and Jurassic park, the lost world and shit. Like I was a four year old, maybe five year old when those movies were sure. popping out. So like I have, very different memories of watching Jurassic Park as a kid. So it's a little different watching sequels as an adult. Sure. But they, yeah, they weren't bad. 
But I, yeah. again, it was like, okay, that was a good movie. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. Not something I'm going to rewatch again, but I'm happy that I saw it. But I actually had genuine excitement for this one just because the nostalgia part of me was like, oh shit, the OGs are all coming back. It's, it's so, so I've kind of had the same temperature on like the last two where it was like, yeah, these, these were fine. Like they came and go. And I think this one is very much the same. Kind of like, like, do you remember, like, I don't remember anything that happened in the second movie. So like when I went to go watch, and I think that's like, that's what I mean when these, like I say this movie is like completely forgettable is like, yeah, I watched it. And like, I'm not trying to say that it's like, it's a garbage fire. Like it, it's perfectly fine. I enjoyed my time with it. But at the same time, I watched it a few weeks ago, and I don't remember what the ending is. Mm. Like, it's kind of like, oh, I watched it. That was fine. But, like, nothing stands out. Like, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Okay. That's Where it's fair. like, so it's like, I, if you watch it, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. But then, like, a couple of weeks after, like, you'll probably just kind of forget about it. Because, like, nothing kind of sticks with you, which I think is... I guess the problem with those movies. All right. Fair enough. But. Well, yeah. disappointing. I mean, I'm still going to watch it at some point, but yeah, probably won't it's be just, I, as hyped for it now. Yeah. I would just say like expectations wise, like don't, and maybe you'll feel differently, but like, I wouldn't expect the OG characters to, to make it as memorable as some of those original Jurassic parks. Cause I don't think they do. <laughs> Fair enough. It was cool. Like it was cool seeing them on screen, but, but like other than that, like yeah. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, you want to tell me about Westworld? Oh baby. I have heard lots of people tell me that season three, where they're out of the park, wasn't all that exciting to them. That's and where I dropped the show. And I, I actually have a few friends that stopped watching in season three for that very reason. They're like, eh, it's not as exciting anymore. It's not as blah, 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 whatever their reasons may be. I still watched it. I still loved it because that futuristic city and <clears throat> now that they're out of the park, how are things going to play out? I was like, okay, this is still interesting to me. I like it. All of that, especially the very end of season three, culminates into this season four. And holy shit, it has been a fucking mind fuck. What the shit? Oh my God. Like jaw on the floor. What is happening? Like episode after fucking episode after episode. Like, okay. Like I can concede that season three out of all of the previous seasons was the worst. I still like it. I'm not saying it's a bad season, but if you were to rank them, I can understand season three being ranked the lowest. This new season, which again is out of the park, is full of so many like twists and turns and surprises and like mind fucks that it's like I would rank this right up alongside season fucking one. Oh, really? It has been masterful. I watch an episode and then you get a new small piece of information and you're trying to put this fucking puzzle together and you're like, well, okay, does that mean what's, what's going on here? And like, who's that? And why is this going on? And then you get to the next episode and it's like, boom, bombshell drops. Your fucking head explodes. You're like, what is happening here? Huh? Here's a question. Oh, so could good. I, could I comfortably skip season three and just 
like resume in season four? Like, would I like? Is there a lot of plot threads? Like, what I'm trying to get at is like, if season, if you're saying season four is like of the quality of season one, and I think season one is is some of the best TV. Like, could I just read a quick summary on season three and get like the main plot points to kind of see if I want to get back into this in season four? If you went on YouTube and watched like one of the, I I would say like reading like a five minute summary isn't going to be enough. Right. I would go to like YouTube and watch like one of those 20, 25 minute recap videos. Okay. Sure. I think if you did that, you could comfortably get back into season four. Because they do touch on some stuff that happened in previous seasons. Because, like, this is what it's all been building to. You don't realize it. So you go into season three and you're like, oh, what is this bullshit outside the park? And why do I care about this? And who the fuck is that? And then you get to the end of season three and you're like, oh, okay. Artificial intelligence and this and that. And you're like, okay, I can see how this is semi-related, but I don't quite get it. And then you get into season four and it all pulls together every other season all beautifully fucking starts to intertwine and intermingle. And you're like, Oh shit, I see what is happening here. And they kind of start to give you a reason to care about it. Not being in the park. Yes. Oh yes. 100%. Okay. And maybe that's, they even kind of return to a park. They may or may not reopen the park, but do it 1930s Chicago gangster style. I don't know. Uh, you may have just sold me. It's just, by saying that because that's one of my favorite genres <laughs> it is masterful i am like huh right off the hop i was like i'm gonna wait for a couple episodes to come out so that i can just smash them all off in like a one major sitting kind of thing and then i was sitting at home and i was like uh i don't know how long i can avoid spoilers for fuck it i'm just gonna do it and like every sunday i'm sitting and waiting like god come on Show up. Oh, there's six episodes out already. Show up. Oh, it's so good. Maybe I'll jump into season four. Maybe I'll just watch a recap for season three. It's so, so good. So good. I'm just going to keep saying so good because I'm like, I'm running out of words to describe how beautiful it is. Like, I'm so happy that Westworld has like, it's, it's come back full fucking circle and it's back to the mind games and the puzzles and like, you know how you're watching like season one and season two, and then all of a sudden like you realize like, oh shit, I've thought this is like one thing happening the whole time, but it turns out we're jumping back and forth between two timelines and you had no idea. And when and that it was actually the same person. <laughs> yeah. And when that finally like comes out and like hits you in the head, you were like, holy shit, what? That kind of stuff happens in this season. Like those kind of big reveals yeah. were like. Once you hear it, you like stop and you go, you start thinking back to the episodes you watched prior and you're like, oh, okay, well that makes sense. And that would mean, which would mean, holy fuck. Uh, Okay. I think maybe, I think I might watch like a summary on season three because I think you saying the two, A, the gangster stuff, I mean, that sold me, but like you saying like season four gives you a reason to give a shit about them outside of the park was what I was looking for in season three, but just never found it. So I stopped season. So if go ahead, if you're saying season four is basically like, okay, so like, this is why we did this season that we lost you on. So like, if that's the case, maybe I'll just jump into season four, and see what's what. 
So I can, like I said, I can understand people not loving season three. I get it. I still enjoyed it. It wasn't my favorite though. Again, I would rank it at the bottom of between season one, two, and three. Season three would be at the bottom of my ranking list. But now that we're in season four, I see the utility that that season held. Okay. Because it definitely, if you were to look at this as like a whole new story, season three is the prologue. And then season four is sure. the fucking story. Like it's all okay. the build up as to how and why we get to where we are with season four. Okay. And season four has just been, it's like, I'm probably as soon as this, like we're done with our fucking podcast, I'm just going to go sit upstairs in the dark, staring at my phone until the new episode comes out. Fair enough. Maybe I'll give that another shot now. Cause you kind of selling it like that. Kind of well, makes I'm, me want to start season four because, yeah. I'm limiting my spoilers because I figured once I started pitching, you might want to watch it. So I'm not not going to spoil stuff. But, like, once you start watching it, I'm 100% positive you'll start sending me text messages. Like, holy shit, is this what's happening here? And I'll be like, yeah, okay. dude. It's fucking okay. wild. I told you. It's crazy. Pure right. gold. <laughs> Everything that made me fall in love with Westworld to begin with. Yeah, that's yeah. This is selling me because I think it's, I think someone just had to like give me a reason to skip season three, because if you had came in and said like, hey, season four is like kind of like season three, I would have been like, ah, I'll pass. But like now that you're saying like, hey, this is kind of like the first season, and it's like, okay, that's selling me. Oh man, and the like, because there's six episodes out now, right? Or is the sixth one tonight? No, there's six out right now. Okay, so episode five then was a fucking massive bombshell fucking reveal. And then season or episode six, when you get to that one, you like watch it and you're it's like, holy, what the fuck? And it gets yeah. crazy. It gets, oh, it's, it's so crazy. Like you just, you're going to have to watch it because it's bananas. Okay. Like I can't, I'll... I can't gush over it enough. Okay. I'll find like a, a season three quick recap and then take a stab at season four and see what's what. Hmm. All right. Well, you've sold me on giving that show another chance, which to be honest, I didn't think you would. <laughs> it's good. Like I'm, I, I can't overstate enough how great this new season has been. And it's um, funny you say too, that, you know, like a bunch of people that ditched it at season three. Oh yeah, I got I got lots of friends that are like, yeah, season three sucked. I just kind of gave up. And not all of them, but a few of them, I've been like, hey man, I understand where you're coming from, but start in on season four. Trust me. And they've come back and been like, man, this is the West World that I fell in love with, like when it first came out. This is fantastic. And the uh, one guy I work with, we just we talk every time we see each other. Did you see the last episode? Oh yeah, this is crazy. What did you think about that? That's fucking wild. Okay. That gives me some faith because, yeah, HBO is good and I like having HBO shows, so. Yeah, it's, right. I would put it right up there with the first season. It's just right. crazy. And just big bombshell reveals and then like what is happening in the world that is Westworld. Like I'm not talking specifically in the park, but like that whole world. Yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty crazy to see what okay. is going on and where they're at now. Okay. It's, it's like a complete fucking 
180. Uh, yeah, that's... I'm glad you're pitching it like this, because I, if anyone's listening, like, I think a lot of people bailed at Season 3. Because I've also known a few people that have been like, yeah, I, I pieced out then. But if the pitch for Season 4 is like, everything you loved about those first, like, two seasons is kind of back, like, that might get people to struggle through season three and get into four or you know find a recap and get into four right so yeah very much worth it i couldn't be happier with it i've been waiting far too long for another season of westworld and now that it's here i'm just hitting a candy store just loving it yeah i'm actually speaking of hbo i'm actually kind of curious about that fucking game of thrones spinoff that I'm not. comes out in like two weeks just because like i oh i think they released a trailer like a week ago and i watched it and i was like you know what that doesn't look awful like i kind of hope it's good i'm still mad at them well yeah i don't think anyone's gonna be able to fix that fucking fucking butcher of an ending like jesus christ yeah so Can it's you super low on my priority list can you think of another show that got an ending like that that just absolutely gutted a fan base aside from like Dexter? Well, Dexter is definitely going to be the one I was going to point to. But like um like cuz it's kind of fascinating how what was Game of Thrones was it 7 seasons or 8? I thought it was only like 6. But anyway, like words I can't think of a show that had like such a banger of like four or five seasons or it was everyone was talking about it. And then it ends like the last season and a half. People are slowly like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, it's like two different fucking shows. Cause yeah, I know that it, the, the Dexter ending was like one that absolutely fucking like gutted the fan base. Cause it was like that. No one liked that. There were eight seasons of Thrones. Um, Having watched The Sopranos long after it aired, I was pretty fucking pissed at that ending. I thought that was pretty hot garbage and did a giant disservice. Everyone did, yeah. So I would rank that up there. Like, I can't... There's, I, I know there's other ones. Yeah. It's, it's always fascinating to... Fuck, like... I always think it's fascinating looking after the fact. Like, it sucks if you're watching the show and it does that, but, like, seeing a otherwise great show just, like, absolutely fucking dog shit the end goal is kind of spectacular when you think about it. And, like, even, like, just quickly Googling, like, what are the worst series, yeah, series finales ever? Like, they have Supernatural on here, but I actually didn't mind the Supernatural ending. I actually... <laughs> It's a weird thing you bring up because I saw a random TikTok and it, which was like the ending of Supernatural, which I have not seen. But like, I remember watching because I've watched pretty much all of Supernatural except for I think the last five seasons. I fell off it and just never came back. But, anyways, I saw the clip of like how it ends and I was like, just like as someone who watched the show but never watched the ending because for whatever reasons and then it just became too much of a time commitment because it's like 22 episodes a season 
and then I remember you describing the ending, and then I saw it, which led me to just like YouTube the ending, and I was like, that's actually a very satisfying ending for those characters. Yeah, I didn't hate it. Wasn't the greatest one of all time, but it wasn't one where I was like, fucking, can you believe that shit, motherfuckers? Yeah. Yeah, like I saw it, and I was like, that seems like a totally fine ending. Like the ones I'm seeing here, like Will and Grace, Gossip Girl, didn't watch either of the endings of that, Angel, I don't even remember how that ended, St. Elsewhere, House, don't care, don't care, I liked Supernatural, didn't watch Gilmore Girls or Quantum Leap, never watched Scrubs or Jane the Virgin. The 100, I gave up on that show in the first like two or three episodes because that main chick was such a terrible actress, I could not fucking stomach watching her on screen. Oh, I gave up on the 100 when it did what every CW, which I think I can comfortably say this about 90% of CW shows. They have great first two seasons and then they just get fucking stupid. And then I inevitably drop them because I'm like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. People are saying Lost and Two and a Half Men had terrible finales. I really liked the Lost ending. Actually, never, I think it was never watched really Lost. Good. How I Met Your Mother, that ending was a little bit of a myth. I didn't I didn't care for that ending, I'll be honest. That's really it. Mm. There's lots of shows that ended that I was incredibly unhappy they ended, not because the endings were terrible, but just because like I was heartbroken the show was done. Like Ray Donovan. Yeah, that ending actually did piss me off. And the movie was 50, it was 50. fine for for what it was. It was like the that was a great example of like they had a movie and it was like it's like the fan outcry was like the studio going like all right we're not gonna give you another season but we'll give you a movie so make it work and they kind of did the best that they could I think. Yeah, still didn't like it, but not yeah. many. Yeah, like again, like I look back at like Entourage or um, Californication. I was just sad that those ended. Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. Anyway. All right. So I checked out the show called The Bear. Yeah, I've been hearing rave reviews about it, but I haven't actually taken the time to sit down and watch it yet. It's a banger. And it's, it's, I did it in one day because it's like, it's short. It's like 20, 30 minute episodes and there's like seven or eight Okay. So you can easily kind of kill it in a weekend. Um, but essentially the plot is uh, some guy, his brother basically dies and he kind of inherits this dive fucking restaurant like where he grew up in. And the guy who ends up taking it over has like worked in the greatest kitchens basically in the world and it's like renowned chef. And basically comes back in to like take over his brother's like kind of shithole restaurant and tries to make it work. And it's kind of the story of how he tries to do that. And it is fuck it. Like it's great. Like everything around it is is good from like the writing. Like it's it's got funny moments, it's got like really dramatic, like heartbreaking moments, and it captures the absolute fucking chaos that is a busy kitchen. To the point that you feel tense watching it, where you're just like, that would fucking suck to work there mm. a lot. Um, like, there's this isn't really a spoiler, it's just like one scene that really shows it, but 
during one of the episodes they're like trying to make all this this shitty kitchen work and so one of them is like yeah we're gonna set up like a like a doordash kind of thing to like kind of get some more stuff coming out and they accidentally leave it on and have pre-orders open so they walk in and they're like who the fuck did this we have 250 fucking orders due in the next 20 minutes and it's just like fucking abs like and then it just kicks into like absolute chaos where like the head guy is like we're gonna fulfill them so fucking everyone do this and it it yeah it kind of perfectly captures like i don't know if you've ever worked in a kitchen before but like can't say that i have i have and it is absolute fucking chaos if you're in a busy kitchen that is like uniquely like chaos that you'll never experience anywhere else and they perfectly capture that um and did you ever watch uh, Shameless? No, but I do recognize that guy is from Shameless. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but he's also, like, really good. Like, he's he's a fucking top-tier guy. Like, he knocks it out of the park. And, and yeah, like, all around, it's fucking... It's a great show, and I think it's sitting at, like, fucking really good Rotten Tomatoes. Like, I think everyone who's pretty much watching it is praising it. But, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Well, I've heard good things about it. It's been getting rave reviews. That's why I added it to my list to sit down and watch it. I just haven't haven't had a chance to do so yet. But everything yeah. I've read and everything I've seen, all the articles and stuff, is that it's absolutely a, like a must-see of 2022. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. And it's like I won't spoil too much or get into that because you're going to watch it. But yeah, like it's just great cast, great writing. You know, it's it's got funny moments and it's got like, good dramatic like heartfelt moments too and it's yeah it, like all around it's it's good and nice and short it's like 20 30 minutes seven or eight episodes i think hmm. well maybe i'll bump that up the list yeah it's yeah. definitely worth a watch i almost got everything that i wanted to watch caught up on with the exception of the rehearsal is really high on my list right now i need to start that one the rehearsal. What is that? Oh, buddy, 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 buddy. Oh, is that uh, Nathan for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Haven't watched it yet, but I know a few people that have, and they were like, dude, this is amazing. That's what I've heard. It's basically like, yo, you want more Nathan for you? Here it is. Yeah. And th- that guy is fucking awesome. It's, yeah. I totally forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up because I've been meaning to check that out. And I think there's a bunch out already. Three, I believe. Yeah. I'm glad someone gave him more money to do his style of comedy because it's so fucking good. It's so deadpan serious. (laughs) The way he treats it. (laughs) Nathan for you was such a, like an underrated show. It is. It is. It was so good. I don't think a lot of people like, I don't, I think that one flew under the radar for a lot of people. I think it did too. Which is a shame because it's like, I really hope if people watch the rehearsal, they go back and watch Nathan for you because like the whole concept of him fixing businesses in the fucking worst way possible is so good. Yeah, it's a real gem. So. Yeah, the only other thing is the new season of What We Do in the Shadows is out now. Like you okay. never got into that one, did you? No. So there is a guy in the show. Oh, what's his name? In the show he plays, you'd recognize him if you fucking saw him. Now I got to find out his name. In the show he plays Colin Robinson. 
what is that? Can you say? Is he in all of the seasons? Mark Proch. Yeah, he's in all the seasons. Oh, that guy. Yeah. So, like, did you watch the What We Do in the Shadows movie? I haven't seen anything with What We Do in the Shadows. Okay, so originally it was a movie, and it actually had uh, Jermaine Dupree, Taika Waititi, a bunch of those dudes in the movie. So then it did so it did well enough that Taika and Jermaine, I think it's Jermaine, they uh, right. span it off into a TV series for FX. Mm -hmm. And doesn't have the, it's like a completely new set of characters or whatever, but it's like the premise is is like a bunch of vampires living in modern day New York, in a house, and like, you know, kind of like there's like this whole vampire underworld. There's a vampire council and this and that, and but it's like a comedy, and there's three vampires and they live with one of them. Ha vampires have a familiar, which is like their human slave to take care of them, like when the sun lights out. Okay, sure. So it's the three vampires and the one guy's familia, his like human slave, his name's Guillermo. And then there's another vampire that lives with him, played by that Nate guy. And in the show, he's, his name is Colin Robinson. But he's not a normal vampire. He's an energy vampire. A what? Energy vampire. He sucks the energy out of you. Okay. Like talking. So... You know, have you ever had a conversation with someone where like you're talking to someone and they're talking about just such like super incredibly boring and mundane shit and like you kind of like start to like slump a little and you're tuning out because like you don't care what they're saying and you kind of get tired? That's what he Dude, does. I work, in a, I work in an office job that's like my life. <laughs> that's what he does. That's what an energy vampire does is they talk to you and they pull the energy out of you by talking to you. So you like start to feel tired and like... You're like tuned out. You're zoned out, right? Yeah. So <laughs> he's like just a supporting character for the most part in like the first two seasons, but then he kind of comes into his own in the third season. They they do a whole episode where he switches jobs and becomes like works in this like office type space where he's surrounded by boring mundane people. So he starts like talking to them and basically sucking their energy out. And the more energy he pulls from these like regular people, his head gets bigger and it makes his powers even stronger. So he's okay. like walking through the office and he's like, Oh, Hey Claire. And he does the finger guns. And then she just like passes out. So like he like instantly drained her fucking energy. Okay. But he's just this like super awkward, boring person. Okay. He's a mundane person, but he plays it so well in the show and he ends up like, it's not really a spoiler, but he ends up dying at the end of season three. Okay. And because he's some sort of weird energy vampire, when he dies, a baby comes out of his chest. Okay. So in this new season, they're raising this baby, which is like growing at a exponential rate. It's not like a normal kid. It's sure. like every couple of months is actually a couple of years for this kid. Sure. <laughs> but what they've done this entire season is they've, done like a CGI face over on the baby or oh, the kid shit. with Colin Robinson's face and his oh, voice. Shit. So you see this kid running around and it's got Colin Robinson's actual face and voice on it, but it's like cheaply CGI'd over. Like you can oh. tell, like it's not very good at all, but I think that's like part of the inside joke, the irony and the funniness of it. 
I was about to say, it's probably the point where it kind of looks a little shitty, and it probably works better that it does look shitty. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, it's been fucking hilarious. Like, right. start to fucking finish. Like, if you want a fun little, because they're only like 20 minute, 22 episode, or 22 minute episodes, like, yeah. it's just mindless entertainment. And like, yeah. honestly, I- like, every season's been good, but like, if you're like, ah, I want something to watch and I kind of want like the really funny stuff, like season three is really where they hit their stride. You could honestly skip the first two seasons and just go right into season three and then come into season four. But it's fucking hilarious. And they are full of cameos. Oh, okay. Of like other famous people. Like Haley Joe Osment showed up in one episode. Oh, shit. Okay. He got hired as to be a familiar for one of the other vampires. Oh, sure. And he sure. was like a hip young kid. Guillermo didn't like him. I've seen like Nick Kroll has fucking popped into various episodes. Oh, okay. I've always been meaning to check it out because like most people that like it like usually are like you should check this out or at the very least check out the movie and if you like the movie then just watch the show. But Yeah, and it's like the same premise as the movie, but they're definitely different. But I like the first season I was like, meh. And then the second season, I was like, okay, it's getting a little better. But then the third season, I like really fell into it. And this fourth season's been great. But like, Taika Watiti pops up as, in cameos because like he produces it. Craig Robinson, Nick Kroll, Jermaine Clement, Michael Mann. There's like a whole list. I'm just like scrolling down of all the people that have come and done like one off fucking cameos. Haley Joe Osment, Mark Hamill. Shit. I, sh- I should check it out at some point. Fred Armisen. I love Fred Armisen. Who doesn't? Hmm. Yeah. David Cross, Tilda Swinton. Anyway. I'll Lots of people. It it's, it's, a, it's a fun, fun background show to watch. Okay. Oh yeah, Danny Trejo was in there too. That's right. Shit, good for him. I like Danny Trejo. Yeah. Danny Trejo's amazing. Yeah, he really is. And he actually seems like a genuinely like decent person too. Yeah, he seems like, given his past and everything, he's a pretty solid person. Yeah. Anyway. I highly recommend if you're just like, I want something fun and mindless to watch, just throw on season three and carry into it. Okay. It's fucking hilarious. And should definitely watch the energy vampire episode where Colin Robinson just starts fucking dropping bitches. That, 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 as you were describing it, I was like, this seems like something I would be super into. So it's maybe hilarious. I should just like check out season three and four. And... and I was resistant. Like I had a bunch of people that are like, Oh, did you watch it? Did you watch it? And I think it wasn't until I was in Jamaica. I started when I was stuck in isolation is when right. I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll finally sit down and burn all of these. And I burned like all three seasons inside of a couple of days. Yeah. I'll check it out. Cause like a lot of the, it's always good to have a few of those like kind of like 20 minute comedies. Yeah. Something to just fill the void. Yeah, throw on while you're cleaning or something like that or playing a game. Mm-hmm. The last thing I checked out was this docuseries on Netflix, Web of Make-Believe. Yeah, I saw this that was, last night while I was laying in bed, but I didn't actually watch it. 
I fucking loved it. I thought it was super fucking interesting. So basically, like, the premise they're doing is, like, internet, like, related kind of crimes and stuff. Yeah. And each episode kind of goes into, like, a different thing. So, like, the first episode is about, uh, you remember, like, the swatting trend with streamers? Yeah. So it goes, it does, like, a whole episode on that and, like, how basically one person was basically doing it to everyone. And it kind of goes deep into, like, this fucking, like, immature feud that ends up causing some real shit that happens. And I won't spoil it or whatever, but, like, goes in and kind of goes deep into like how this guy was doing it for so long and was able to do it and not get caught kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then like the second episode is basically, it's about something that happened in the States where like someone died and then kind of showed on how like a bunch of political parties like tr- started kind of crafting like a QAnon like theory and it basically like ignited this whole like fucking crazy thing where, like, news stations were reporting, like, stuff that just was objectively not true and had to, like, roll it back. Interesting. And then the third episode is how someone got in to be, like, a social media manager for a Nazi group. Uh And they're, and it's, like, they interview her after the fact because she eventually got out of it. And it's super fascinating because they basically, like, in the process of interviewing her, she talks about like, yeah, I never really like, I was never really racist. I just ended up getting folded into this group because of all these contributing factors. You know, it's kind of like when people say like, Oh, how can people fall into cults? And it's like, well, if you take someone at like a really bad point in their life and throw a bunch of factors in, it's like, that's how it happens. So they kind of play into that. And then the final kind of few episodes is there's one about like, and people like extorting like nude pictures like for stuff and then the final episode is basically about like a whole internet fraud of like a few people and it's all of the episodes were like super well done and super fascinating where mm-hmm. i was just like all of these are great and all of these are interesting on like kind of how the internet has fucked a lot of this stuff up and made it like super accessible to do all of this real bad shit so so yeah it's really good i i didn't really think anything of it when i saw it but then i just threw it on because i was cooking and i was like i'll throw this on while i'm doing this and i ended up like eating through all of the episodes that night or that day and just was like oh this is like super fascinating so so yeah it's definitely worth a watch well i've checked that out yeah because it's it's i saw it last night and i was like uh, do I want to watch this? And part of me wanted to, but I also was like laying in bed to just like play on my phone right. for a little bit and then go to sleep. And I was like, fuck, if I actually start watching this, then I'll want to watch another one and another one. So I, I opted out, but yeah, that, and there's another one on Netflix that I'm super curious about the DB Cooper one. Oh, I actually did watch that one. So like those two, I'm like, oh, I want to see <laughs> these. The DB Cooper one was all right, but it was, I will say the DB Cooper one is like, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. It's 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 weird. I actually won't say anything. Just <laughs> okay. watch it. Because <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing to describe. And saying stuff would probably spoil some of it. So I'll actually wait. If you do ever watch it, we'll re- revisit it. Because it's a... 
it's a weird thing when you deal with like urban like i'll say like urban legends like that almost yeah. where it's like these weird like things where people start to like have theories you know what i mean yeah which is uh, and this okay so this reminds me of something and this is going to be a bit off topic but for some reason like earlier in the summer i discovered this show called the secrets of skinwalker ranch yeah i watched the first fucking season of that shit show okay because I got, because I went on some weird UFO rabbit hole one day, and it ended up like watching this show, and it, and it's something that bugs me with a lot of documentaries, not all of them, but like some of them where it's like, you know how like if you were to take like UFOs and like if you had a really compelling piece of evidence that most people could be like, oh, that would be your, like your selling point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then they do this really bad habit of then just taking it to the fucking atmosphere with like crazy things where it's just like the cool, interesting thing that this show, like that some of those episodes in this Skinwalker Ranch show where it's like, there was a few points where I was like, oh, that is like, something's not up there. Like that is definitely weird and like some shit's happening. But then like all of a sudden they're like, yeah, and we think it's like, cause this place is a fucking wormhole. And I'm like, you lost me. <laughs> like because yeah. it's like it's it's the inherent problem with all of those like urban stories that get told in documentaries is like if you take you know if you take the flip side of that do you remember that jj abrams ufo documentary yeah that actually sh- like it, it went out to show like here is the most like realistic shit that we've seen and by the end of it you're pretty well like okay like a lot of that is like really weird and indisputable right yeah but it's like, but then if you take all of that stuff and then just layer on all of the fucking like flat earth bullshit that, and like shit like, and make it wild, it like completely takes the meaningful stuff out of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is what I hate with those documentaries. Cause it's like, there's genuinely some interesting and weird shit on this fucking ranch out in Utah or wherever it is. But then they layer so much wild fucking bullshit onto it that it just makes it unbelievable. Yeah. And I hate that. Because it's like you genuinely have good content to show, but you're just fucking making it almost unimaginable to watch. Because it's like, no, there's not a fucking wormhole in this ranch. Like, are you fucking serious? Like, yeah. This is not the center of the fucking thing. Like, it's. No, I know exactly what weird. you're talking about. Because I did watch, I, I don't, the first season, I want to say. And yeah, same thing. I was like, yeah, I mean, sure, maybe. And then, yeah, it was just a bunch of like, I remember the one episode they were. They thought something was buried underneath, so they had, like, the fucking remote control thing where they were dragging the LiDAR sensor above the ground, and they're like, oh, fuck, we found something. It's so crazy. But there's, like, nothing there. But, they, like, it's we just can't dig it out. But it's there. There's something crazy down there for sure. Yeah. Or another one where they were, like, walking around with, like, radiation meters or something, and there's a bunch of radiation near this, like, crumbled fucking house, and they walked inside, and thought maybe that was going to be a portal to another dimension and it was yeah. like holy fuck okay you guys come on yeah that's the problem i have with like a lot of those documentaries it's like you got to do it a specific way or else you're just going to completely fucking lose your audience <laughs> yeah because it's like this is when i was watching the show i was like if they did this completely differently it would be a really compelling show about this weird place and a lot of people would like believe it but then they layer in like fucking portals and shit yeah it's like it's too much yeah but 
But yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, me as well. All right. Well, I'll let you oh, know man. what I think of uh, The Bear when I watch it. Yeah, please do, because that one is really good. And I will definitely be checking out some of Westworld now that you kind of sold it that way, which oh. I think is a great way to sell people that left on season three. So. I can't even wait for tonight's episode. I am so fucking pumped. Yeah, I'm probably going to throw a few on tonight. So, All right, well, then I'll catch you on the next one. All right, later.